I didn't know if I was going to fit in to this genre. I didn't know if people would accept this kind of a sound. Um, I'm so glad, though, that I followed where I felt like the Lord was leading me because I think there is a, a higher purpose when people can hear music that makes you want to get up and dance and is also, you know, glorifying Jesus. I think that there's a, a strong message in that kind of music. And that's the kind of music I've always loved and I've always listened to. The Profile with Premier Christianity magazine. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio and my name is Sam Hales. I'm the editor of Premier Christianity magazine. That's the UK's leading Christian magazine and you can subscribe now to enjoy news, interviews like this one, reviews, the latest columnists and so much more. Just £1 a month to enjoy online and print access to the UK's leading Christian magazine. Check out the subscription offer right now at premierchristianity.com. And Premier Christianity Magazine sponsors the profile here on Premier Christian Radio. And this week we are bringing you an interview with Mandisa. She is an American gospel and Christian contemporary music recording artist. She first rose to fame on the American TV show American Idol. And she's been speaking to Premier's very own Dami O. So without any further ado, let's listen in to this conversation with Mandisa. Tell us about family and home life as a child. What was that like? So I was raised by my mom. She was a single mother. Um, my dad and my stepmom, they lived um, not too far from me until I was 10 years old. And then they moved away to Texas. So it was essentially my mom and me. My brother moved in at a certain point. But I always say um, I learned the power and the strength of single mothers by my upbringing. She's the strongest woman that I've ever known. And was your mom a Christian? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Yes and no. I mean, she was raised um, in a Christian home. We we never went to church. So I, she believed, but we didn't, you know, we didn't practice. We didn't go to church. So it wasn't until I became a Christian at 16 um, that, and then I didn't get my driver's license until I was 18. And that's when I started driving myself to church. And years later, when I was singing on the worship team for Beth Moore's Living Proof Live events, my mom came to one and she actually rededicated her life to the Lord. And so I got to see that happen. And her life has been transformed ever since. Oh, wow. So describe a bit more for me in terms of your childhood. We're going to come back to how you uh, came to faith at the age of 16. But in terms of your childhood, what was the dynamic? like at home? How do you think they affected you growing up? Well, you know, I talked uh, a lot in my book, Out of the Dark, about some of the events that I I just, I think were pinnacle markers in my life. Um, When you were raised by a single mom, at least has been my experience, she worked all the time. And so we didn't, you know, do a lot together. Um, I kind of grew up, you know, as television, as my nanny, in a sense. So I grew up just sitting in front of a TV and um, gaining a lot of weight because I was very sedentary. Uh, It wasn't until I discovered choir and I started to um, discover that I had a gift of singing that I really started to put, you know, my energy into that. And I was kind of hanging around with a rough group of friends up until then. And my friend group kind of transformed and I started, you know, just walking down a little bit of a healthier path when I discovered music growing up. And tell, tell me a bit about your discovery of music. When did that kind of love relationship with music uh, begin for you? So in junior high school, it was interesting because I, I was in a band. I played the flute. 
but I couldn't get my lips <laughs> to do what they were supposed to do to play the flute. And so I eventually just gave that up because I couldn't get it right. And so I joined the choir um, just kind of on a whim. I mean, I enjoyed singing along to the radio, but I never, you know, went much further than that. So it was in high school that I really got involved with choir and, you know, drama. And I started doing musicals and getting leads in musicals. And um, people started asking me to come to their events and to sing. Whitney Houston was my favorite. I had every Whitney Houston accompaniment cassette tape. Um, and so that's when I discovered I really, I felt like I could lose myself in music. And I felt like people were seeing me um, in a different way when I was standing on a stage singing. So I think that's where my love for it began. That's really interesting because most people, you know, talk about, oh, I started singing when I was three years old, four years old, but yours came later in life. So did you not grow up in a, a quite a musical family then? Not really. I mean, I, again, I say that I, I would sing, I would always sing, but it wasn't anything that I would think that I could actually do for real until high school. Um, I, I would always enjoy you know, singing along to the radio, but it was when I stood in front of an audience and I realized, I think people like this. That's, that's when it really hit me. And my family wasn't very musical. I mean, going to church every other weekend with my dad and my stepmom until the age of 10, um, you know, we would see choir and everything, but it wasn't as big a part of my life until high school and until I started going to church on my own at 18. So the adventure that is American Idol, what led you down that path? Just that it was my favorite show. <laughs> I would watch every episode and I would, you know, sometimes imagine what could have happened if I would audition. And they had an age limit that I was too old for, so I couldn't audition until they raised the age limit to 28. And it was the last year that I was eligible. And so I just auditioned simply because I didn't want to always be looking back and wondering what could have happened if I had. So I just kind of did it on a whim. I didn't really tell anybody that I was doing it just for fear that if, if it didn't go well, then I wouldn't have to let anybody know that I failed. Um, so when I kept going further and further, I finally had to let some people in at the fact that I was doing this. And you mentioned you were 28 when you entered the competition. So you seem to have had quite a, a slow-ish kind of journey in terms of really getting into music. Did you think at any point that music was what maybe God wanted you to do or was it an ambition of yours? Yeah, I, again, so when I started singing in high school, um, I did go to junior college and I studied like vocal jazz. Then eventually I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where I went to college and I studied music. So it's always, ever since I really discovered that this was something I could do, I'd always wanted to, I didn't think American Idol was going to be the path. Um, and when I auditioned for American Idol, I was actually making a living doing music because I was singing background for Travis Cottrell and again, the Beth Moore events and I was doing studio work. So I was making a living doing it. I don't know that I necessarily saw me as being, you know, in the front of the stage. I was very happy and content being in the background. But again, it was just I did American Idol because I didn't want to be questioning what could have happened. And how did the American Idol experience affect you as a person and, and kind of your perspective, your ambition in life? It changed everything. I mean, I, everything in my life changed at that point. I think, you know, when I was on American Idol, it was still in the, the biggest heyday, like 30 million people were watching it and stars are being born from it. And so as I made it further and further, um, when I was eliminated, 
labels were wanting to talk to me. And I remember Randy Jackson, who was the judge at that time, he was on the Larry King live show and he was talking to um, the people who won first and second place on my season, uh, Taylor Hicks and Catherine McPhee. And he said something to them that struck me. He said, do the music that comes most naturally for you. And by then my faith had grown very strong and the music that came naturally for me was about Jesus. And I, I felt like I could do music about Jesus Jesus that was still fun and makes you want to dance. And um, so when I signed to a Christian label, um, since then, you know, I released several albums and my life was completely transformed. And it really began because I was on American Idol. That's how people first came to know me. Now we're going to revisit, you mentioned about, you know, becoming a Christian at the age of 16. Just describe that kind of journey. What led you to make that commitment to Christ? My, my dad and my stepmom, every time I would visit them every other weekend, we would go to church. So they were absolutely a Christian family. My mom, um, we just, we weren't church attenders. And so I grew up hearing the stories of the Bible. I grew up going to Sunday school again every other weekend until they moved. Um, so it was something I was familiar with. But a coworker of my mother's, she invited uh, us to go to her church. They were doing a, a Christmas presentation called The Singing Christmas Tree. And so we just went. My mom invited me to go with them. And um, as I watched this performance, they were talking about this, the life of Jesus. And at the end, the pastor came up and he explained that what I had just seen was not just fiction. It wasn't a made up story that Jesus was a real person and he really did die for me. And he gave an invitation then. And I remember being scared because my mom was sitting next to me and he simply said, if you want to ask Jesus into your heart, then I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And so I felt like that's, that's a commitment I can make without you know my mom necessarily seeing. But then at the end, um, he said, if you, if you raised your hand, we want you to come on down and we're going to invite you into the family of the Lord. And we have some information to give you. And so it was such a big deal. I remember my heart pounding when I walked down that aisle, um, really because of my mom. I was like, what is she going to think? We never really talked about things of faith before. So I remember I, I felt like if Jesus stood for me, then I can do it for him too. And I walked down that aisle and I remember afterwards, my mom being very happy for me. Um, but it wasn't until several years later that she made a similar decision. And uh, you, you mentioned an amazing, it was kind of a 360 in that through you, she kind of came to faith, didn't she? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was probably the happiest moment as standing on the stage at that Bethmore event um, as Beth was giving the invitation and seeing my mom raise her hand and come down the aisle in the same way that I did, you know, when I was sitting next to her, it was a full 360 moment, just as you said. So now we're going to talk about your music um, and what inspires your music. You know, you've had songs like Stronger, Overcomer. What inspires the music that you write? Well, you know, like I said before, the music that I wanted to make, it, it was to I wanted to edify and encourage the body of Christ. I wanted to glorify God. The music that I grew up listening to, though, um, it was like R&B soul and CCM music, which is the genre that I consider myself to be a part of and the label that I'm a part of, didn't necessarily sound like me. And so I just remember... Um, I could sign to like a black gospel labels and there were some R&B labels that were reaching out I, because I consider myself like a pop. I love dance music. I love getting up and dancing. And so that was the music that I wanted to make. And I really didn't know 
I didn't know if I was going to fit in to this genre. I didn't know if people would accept this kind of a sound. Um, I'm so glad, though, that I followed where I felt like the Lord was leading me because I, I do, I think there's a, a higher purpose um, when people can hear music that makes you want to get up and dance and is also, you know, glorifying Jesus. I think that there's a, a strong message in that kind of music. And that's the kind of music I've always loved and I've always listened to. Hey, this is Sam. Really hope you're enjoying this conversation right here on the Profile Podcast today. Could you do me a favour right now? It will take you just two seconds to give us a rating and a review wherever you found this podcast. Just a couple of seconds to give us a rating is so, so helpful. It helps other people to discover the show as well. So if you could do that, we would so appreciate it. Let's talk about the Out of the Dark album. I know that album was birthed out of a challenging season do you want to talk in in quite some detail about what some of those challenges were that that uh led to the releasing of of that project yeah so um the album right before that is overcomer and the song overcomer was written um really inspired by my friend keisha uh she was pregnant with her second child when she was diagnosed with breast cancer and so i as I was working on that Overcomer album, um, that was actually the last song that we added. And it was inspired by her because I wanted a song to help her stay in the fight to the final round. And as I was praying for her, I really believed that God was going to heal her here on earth. And so um, the album is released and uh, she was so encouraged by that song and I was singing it everywhere. And to this day, it's probably my most um, widely successful you know, song to date. But it, the fact that it was written with her in mind and the fact that she was able to deliver her child Brennan who's beautiful and perfect but that she had one year with him before she passed away and so here I am on stage singing the song to encourage everybody and it was hard for me because the person who was written inspired by um I felt like she had lost her battle and I was harboring some anger with the Lord because I really felt like uh, he was going to heal her. I couldn't understand why it didn't happen. And as opposed to speaking these things out to him, which now I have learned to do, um, I would just stuff it down. And so I, the course of a couple of years, I just sank deeper and deeper into a depression. And I didn't really want to be around anybody. I certainly didn't want to sing that song. I didn't want to open the Bible. I didn't want to go to church. Um, and so it just got darker and darker. And before I knew it, um, it was a full-blown depression that I could not see my way out of. And um, that was when some friends gathered around me and they had an intervention in a sense and they forced me to get some counseling. But I knew it was bad when I had a handful of pills and I was considering taking my life. Um, that's when the out of the dark kind of was birthed because I thought about all of my friends and my loved ones, my family that was reaching out to me and they would not leave me alone. And as much as I hated it at the time, I'm so thankful for it now, but that I feel like God used their hands to pull me out of that pit. And so all of the songs that came on that out of the dark album was really following my journey of depression and how God pulled me out of that pit. And it's really interesting that you talk about um, you know, really feeling like considering suicide because you talk about being quite an upbeat person. You like, you mm -hmm. know, dancing. And so why do you think you ended up in such a dark place um, to yeah. that, to that extreme? Yeah. Uh, grief. <laughs> that really was the root of it. And then the grief um, that I was just not dealing with, 
uh, I started turning to some old vices, you know, in order to fill that void. And isolation, I think, is probably the biggest reason why I went to such a dark place is we really are made for one another. We are meant to live our lives with one another as a body of Christ. And so anytime that we are isolating and we're just we're not listening to the light that Jesus brings often through people. Uh, it's so easy to go dark. And it, it's so interesting when I, you know, see the people who um, battle with depression. So often they are upbeat and energetic and, you know, very encouraging. Um, and I consider myself those things. It's just that when I'm by myself and I start listening to that lying voice of the enemy and to start believing the worst things about myself. It's just, it's a slow fade to go to that dark place. And any of us are susceptible to it. Yeah. So, so how did you uh, like the album title, make your way out of the dark? What were some of the things that you had to do? Talk about your friends almost forcing you to go and get counseling. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things you had to do? Yeah, that was the turning point for me was the intervention that they held where They circled around me and they said, we love you just as you are, but we love you too much to leave you there. And so they um, had found a counselor for me that they wanted me to see. And it was through talking about these things that I slowly started coming out. But it was, you know, it was opening myself up to being with people again. It was going to church. It was worshiping again. I didn't want to, when I was in that dark place, I didn't really want any form of light. I didn't I didn't necessarily want to talk about Jesus because I was upset at him, but it was finally through speaking to him and, you know, doing what David did, who David made so many mistakes, um, but he was a man after God's own heart. And I think it's because he would open himself up to God. He would talk in prayer to God about what was on his heart. So it was when I finally started doing that, that I started coming out of it. But It's a lot of different things, including people and worship and reading the word. All of those things combined is what eventually pulled me out. And of course, I know one of the questions you said that led you to that place was was why your friend Keisha wasn't able to beat cancer, wasn't able to win that fight against cancer. Mm -hmm. Did you have you ever felt a sense of peace in terms of um, God responding to that questioning? How have you kind of come to a, a closure about it? Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I still very much miss my friend. I still wish that she were here. Um, However, you know, the scripture, um, it's Revelation 12, verse 11, that says they overcame them by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I would always end that scripture there. But the rest of that scripture said that they did not love their life so much as to fear death. And that scripture is talking about martyrs and you know, we are living in a very small part of our lives right now. You know, our time on earth, I think when we just look at it as this is it, um, it's easy to get frustrated and to feel disappointed. But when you look at eternity, which is where I know Keisha is in heaven, I know that she is seeing, you know, everything that I'm going through. And she's like, if you could see where I am right now, you would not be crying for me. Um, I know her story continues on. It's just that right now, I just have a finite view of what life is. And that's just here on earth. I know that when I do finally get to heaven and I see the full story um, as it is at that time, a lot of my answers, I'll get a lot of my answers right now. I'm just, I'm just here on earth. I'm dust. And so I don't have the full view, but I know that I will one day. Amen. Now you've put pen to paper and you've uh, decided to write um, about your story with a book of the same title, Out of the Dark. What led you to make that decision? Yeah, you know, 
as I started talking about my album Out of the Dark and started talking about depression, um, I was really surprised at how many people said they thanked me and they said, I feel so many of the same things, but I felt like I couldn't talk about it because I'm a Christian too. And it seems like there is so much shame associated with mental health issues and um, being a Christian as if we cannot, you know, wrestle with these same things. Um, and so I wanted to write my story. I also wanted to bring, I think there are a lot of people in the Bible that when you see their story, you see similar things. I think Elijah probably wrestled with depression, you know, one minute he's calling down fire from heaven and, you know, destroying the prophets of Baal. And then the next minute he's sitting by a tree and saying that he just wants to die. Um, so I, I see it as being something that so many people face. And I think we, in the body of Christ, I want us to start talking about it because so many people are wrestling with these mental health issues by themselves and there's so much shame associated with it. And so I wanted to write this book um, one to tell my story, but also to begin discussions. I think one of the ways that we come out of the dark is by bringing it out into the light. And so I've got um, some discussion questions at the end of each chapter that I hope I, what I envision is people sitting around in living rooms and talking about these things and not just hearing my story, but seeing how it relates to them. Because I really think part of the healing is going to come through um, community and talking about these things that we like to keep hidden. Yeah, and, and some of the things that come up in the book, for example, is the significance of, of Psalm 40 for you. Do you want to tell us why that psalm is yeah. so important to you? Yeah, it's my testimony. Um, it, so the, it's the first three verses that I love the most. It says, he lifted me out of the pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a new song to sing. And then I feel like my testimony is especially in verse three. Many will hear what God has done. They will be amazed and they will put their trust in him. I, my hope is that as I tell my story, that that's what will happen, that many will hear my story and what God has done in it and that they will put their trust in him. I think that's really why it's all worth it. Every battle that I went through, um, if people can identify with it and they can see the fingerprints of God through it and that, and they put their trust in him, that makes it all worth it for me. Yeah. Another, another uh, theme that you kind of bring up in, in your book is the issue of kind of weight gain and, and weight loss. And I'm sure the media spotlight and, and those pressures probably didn't help with, um, managing your weight and things like that do you want to just talk uh, speak a little bit into how that impacted you personally yeah from the very first time that people saw me on stage um was on american idol in the very first episode simon comics comments about my weight and that was gosh 15 years ago and it's been an ongoing from, certainly from before simon but because it's been so public since then um, I have had such a battle with it. It's it's the thorn in my flesh, you know, like Paul. It's the thing that makes me desperate um, for God. If if he doesn't help me through this, then it's just not going to happen. And so I would love to be able to say that I've conquered this thing. My weight has gone up and down so many times, but I do know this. I know his grace is sufficient. I know his power is made perfect in my weakness. And I do believe that I will be whole and healthy um, it's a journey and it's something I wish I weren't doing so publicly, but you know, I'm in a, a public platform. And so, so many people struggle with it. Um, and so I guess I find a little bit of peace in knowing that uh, seeing my journey can hopefully encourage other people to be on the journey as well. But it is certainly something that has been the hardest thing in my life and something that I too hope to overcome one day. 
Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the, you know, struggles that we face as Christians, what would you say to somebody who is, you know, listening to your testimony and thinking, yeah, absolutely, I'm struggling in this area or I'm struggling in that area? What would be your word of encouragement to them? Yeah, you know, there's a song on my Out of the Dark album called I'm Still Here. Um, and in it, it says, my heart is still beating and my lungs are still breathing. So God is not done with me yet. Um, that, that is my hope. You know, God is still writing my story. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not at the finish line. Um, but, you know, just like in Philippians, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. And so that's what I encourage my brothers and sisters to do as well. You're still here. God is still writing your story. So don't look at how far you have to go. Just put one foot in front of the other. What is something you can do today um, to get to where you want to be? Just make a decision one day at a time. And it's those decisions collectively that lead to a place of victory. But we have to start now. Like it's no more putting off for tomorrow, what God is calling us to do today. So, I mean, you're still very young and thinking back to all the things that you've experienced, would you do it all over again? Do you think with, with all the challenges, American Idol, you talked about, you know, the mm-hmm. pressures of being in the spotlight. Do you think you would do it all over again? Absolutely. I would, I would want to change some things, but if I could take the knowledge that I have learned now and take it with me back and do it all over again, I would jump at the opportunity. Um, I, I really have lived a blessed life and I'm so thankful for it. And I'm thankful that it's not done yet, that I still have a place to go. And I, um, I'm thankful that I don't have to try to walk it alone, that God is with me every step of the way. Amazing. So what's coming up for you, Mandisa? Obviously, you've got this book out of the dark coming out. How can people get a hold of the book? And then also any other projects that we can look forward to? Yeah, well, it's it's sold wherever, um, wherever you get your books. Uh, it's through K-Love Publishing. And so uh, klove.com slash books. Um, it's there as well. But I right now, because I have, you know, my story is so public and out there. I also have a podcast on Access More, also called Out of the Dark, where I sit with a licensed professional counselor and we talk about, you know, mental health issues in the body of Christ. And so for me right now, what I feel the strongest about is talking about these issues that we have kept hidden. And so that's, that's where my focus is. I'm sure music will come again eventually, but right now this is where I'm putting my focus. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.